And I'd say it, it does way more than just give your training program a boost, Jay. It, it just, it takes it to a, a level that's, I mean, it, it's to another galaxy. What most utilities have versus what results you get once you make this shift uh, using the uh, online platform combined with the qual standard, it's, it's just phenomenal. And uh, I, I wish more people would take advantage of that. Welcome to another edition of the Water Brothers Podcast. I'm Joe Kirshner, and I'm joined today with my brother, Jay. And today we're going to be talking about performance management. So let's go ahead and get right into it, Jay. Why don't you tell us, uh, what is performance management? Well, in its basic form, performance management consists of, I don't know, just a handful of, of actions, a handful of things that supervisors and managers need to do. And those would include you know, planning work and setting the expectations, uh, continually monitoring those, the performance of, of the work that, that you've given to your team. You also want to develop the capacity of your team to perform. That, and that includes a, a training program, whether it's a company-wide training program or an individualized training program. And then you want to periodically rate that performance and give feedback to your employees on an individual level. Well, thanks, Jay, for that overview of performance management. But now let's get a little more specific and talk about how it actually works. All right, let me just, I'm going to run down a list of items that we use and that we teach here at American Water College. And and hopefully it'll give some ideas to our listeners on on some things that they can implement and uh, put into practice where they work. First of all, okay. when it comes to you know planning the work and setting the expectations, we recommend that they have a clearly defined job scorecard. And you might call this a job description where you work, uh, but but we use what we call a job scorecard. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, that later. Uh, next, we we you need to have an individual training plan from the initial training plan from when somebody first comes on board at your organization. And then it's something you'll want to revisit after their initial training is completed. You'll you know revisit it monthly or quarterly, annually. But everybody in your organization can continue to improve, continue to learn, continue to grow through an individual training uh, plan. And we call that a qualification standard. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more later as well. And then uh, when it comes to you know, setting expectations, you want to have definite goals and key performance indicators that your employees, so that they understand, you know, what, what is my target? What am I shooting for? What am I trying to accomplish? And then what is something that's measurable? So I'll know, did I hit the target? Did I, did I get the job done correctly? Now, on these, uh, these goals or these... Uh key performance indicators or KPIs as we call them for short, um, should those be uh, written down or how, how do you, how do you document those or make those known? Absolutely. Yeah. What, what we do is we put those on the job scorecard and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later, but everything about performance management is, is going to be a system that's going, you'll want to document somewhere whether you document okay. it on paper in a file that, that goes in your drawer that you pull out periodically as you meet with your staff, or whether you document it online in some type of a performance management or a learning management platform, uh, you definitely want to document these things. Okay. Sorry for the interruption. Uh, go ahead and continue. 
Oh, no problem at all. And then, so once they know what their goals are and what their KPIs are, we want to make sure that our employees know what the priorities are for their job duties. Any job description or any job scorecard is going to have a, a list of items that they're responsible for. And uh, the, the one of the reasons we use the job scorecard instead of a job description is oftentimes you'll have uh, several operators or several individuals that are in the same classification. They have the same job title and there might be a list of, you know, 10 to 25 duties that they're all responsible for. But the reality is when you get down to your team, you you divide up those jobs uh, among your your people based on their skill level, based on their interests, based on, uh, you know, just the the strengths that they bring to the job. And so when we get to the job scorecard, we, we list, okay, these are the five out of the the 25 that I really want you to zero in on and focus on. These are your priorities. And then in some cases, you, you even want to further say, okay, this is priority one, two, three, four, five, you know, how, however many there are, just so that everybody, the supervisor and the employee have a clear understanding of what's expected, what should they focus on first, and, and so on. Now, after we have clear priorities for our employees, we want to give them regular feedback of how they're doing on their job. What's their job performance? And we usually recommend that you do this at least quarterly. Most organizations uh, have an annual review process. And so we, we understand that that's going to take place. And you definitely want to give feedback at least uh, every, every year. But what we found is the more frequently you can give feedback and the more often you can meet with your staff it just becomes part of your culture that you're going to have regular meetings and it might only be a 10 or a 15 minute meeting that you can do monthly or quarterly. But the more regularly you get together, the the quicker you're going to be able to give constructive feedback if an improvement needs to be made. And also you're giving regular praise as, as they're achieving their objectives and, and hitting their targets. So does this regular feedback uh, have an impact on uh, team morale? Have, have you noticed that? Absolutely. The more interaction a manager or supervisor can have with their team, with their staff to develop a relationship, to give them honest and sincere uh, appreciation, uh, feedback on on how well they're doing their job or areas where they need to improve their job, and just do it in a, you know, a casual a non-confrontational uh, situation or setting, it really, it improves the relationship between the employee and supervisor. And when people know that they're doing a good job or that they know, oh, if I just change this, then then I'm doing everything that I need to do, it definitely has an impact and, and morale definitely will improve. Yeah, I've, I've talked with people and I've seen it, you know, uh, personally in the workplace as well. Um, they say oftentimes they're frustrated by not knowing where they stand with their supervisor or how their supervisor perceives them doing their job. And, and I think this regular communication by letting people know that that it, not so much for the praise, not not because I'm looking to get patted on the back. I just want to make sure that I'm doing what's expected. And uh, so this is this is really good. Uh, in, in helping, you know, providing a formal way to say, yeah, you're, you're doing it how I want it done or no, uh, tweak this a little bit, 
and uh, then you'll be right on track. But that that does, I believe, go a long way to improve morale and, and eliminate you know the the questions that could lead to uh, poor morale. Right. All too often, what we see is if somebody's not performing up to their stand that you know the standards that's expected of them they don't hear about it until their annual review and and that can be a major source of frustration and and a real right, morale right. killer as well and, and then while you're doing all of this you definitely want to have uh what we call performance records there needs to be some documentation of how things are going how is this employee yeah. let me performing? let me interrupt here uh jay you've you've mentioned documentation several times um, is is the purpose of this documentation uh, so that you can you know get them? <laughs> you, you have to no. get your staff or what? Uh, no. What's up with this documentation? No, no, no. You know, the idea is everybody's on the same team, right? And and it's kind right. of the the coach player mentality. So if you have a baseball team, basketball, football, name name the team. The coach is not there to punish the player. The coach is there to help the player. Or in this case, the the supervisor is there to help the employee, you know, maximize their strengths and their abilities and perform their best in the job that they're there to perform. So the documentation, you know, we want to set a goal. We want to write it down. Why? So everybody agrees on this is what we're trying to achieve. You want to have, you know, regularly review how are we performing against that goal? And let's document it so that we know. We either hit it and we can celebrate, have it, you know, let's have a party or, well, we didn't quite hit it. What, what can we change in our plan of attack or what can we change in the way we're working to see if we can hit that goal? And, and then you just, you, you meet with them regularly and document it so that you have, have a record. Now, if you do all of these things and, and I've done these things and continue to do these items and, and operate this way with the scorecards and the training plans and the key performance indicators, uh, what ends up happening is at the end of the year, a couple of things. One, when it comes time for that annual review as a supervisor, you, it's already written. You, you've already met with that employee at least four times because remember we say we do this quarterly. And so you have, have that written record that HR is going to require of you anyway, and it's done. But the the more important thing that happens is performance improves, morale improves, so that you don't get to the last item in a performance management system. Okay, yeah, I was um, going to say because there's, I'm sure there's people out there listening that are say, well, you you don't you don't know Bill or you don't manage the 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 guy that i've got or the 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 lady that i've got you you don't understand i've i've done all those things uh it doesn't work you know to that person what do you what do you tell them well if if you've gone through all of these steps and you you know you establish a relationship and you you set clear expectations and goals and you've provided the necessary training so that that you're sure they have the knowledge and the skills uh, required of the job and they still refuse to perform, then the last item, and, and we just say, if necessary, and we hope it's not necessary, but sometimes it is, is the performance improvement plan. And that would be a separate document where you're going to outline uh, the performance, the specific you know, job tasks and job performance that needs to improve. You'll give a deadline as to when it needs to improve. And then you'll have some type of action or, or consequence, I guess, if you want to 
use that word, but some some action will be taken if the performance doesn't improve to the necessary standard. Okay, well, that's uh, good stuff, Jay. A very good uh, description of how it works. And um, we have some tools that will help uh, supervisors and managers implement this. And we just want to focus in on a couple of those. So uh, what, what tools are we going to talk about now to help managers and supervisors implement a performance management program? We'll hit two, maybe three. I think our last podcast, okay. we talked about the third one, so we don't need to go back into it. But um, the first two we'll talk about are the job scorecard and what we call the qualification standard, or you might know it as a, an initial training plan or an individual training plan. Okay, well, let's start with the job scorecard. Now, is this something that uh, is going to be available for download? Yeah, we'll have this available on our podcast page at AmericanWaterCollege.org uh, at the Water Brothers. If they go up at the the top, uh, the, the light blue menu at the top of the page, there'll be an, an item called podcast. And if they go there, they'll they'll be able to download a copy of of this one pager. So I want to talk talk a little bit about it though. So the job scorecard. Uh, is it's different than a job description. So most of you are going to have job descriptions that uh, either were written by the manager or supervisor or by the human resources department. But somebody spent a lot of time coming up with a job description for you know whatever job function your employees have. What we want to do, though, is let's, and that might be three or four or 10 pages, um, most of them that I've seen are about three to five pages. But let's give our employees a one pager that they can look at that that pulls the necessary information out of that job description, puts it on one page and and gives them an idea of what do I need to focus on, what are my targets, and then how will I know if I was successful? Okay, so uh, talk to us about what type of information you would put on that job scorecard. Okay. So if uh, those who haven't downloaded the, their PDF copy from our podcast page already, uh, basically it's going to have their name and the date. You want to document who's, who's this for and, and when is this, what's their job position. And then the first line that might be difficult is what is the purpose of this job? And it really is forcing you as the supervisor and the manager to think about what, you know, why is this person even part of our organization? So is it to, you know, maintain water quality? Is it to, to sample water? Is it to maintain distribution lines? Or, you know, what what is the purpose of the job? And it's important for employees to know what, why they have a job. It's, it's you know, for some people, it's I, I work here to get a paycheck. Um, I work here because, you know, my friends work here. Um, but what are they really being paid to do? as a member of that organization. And then, yeah, I think that's important. You know, I, I, everybody wants to have a purpose uh, beyond just making money. And, and if you have a purpose uh, for, for doing your job, you know what your purpose is. I think it's, it's, again, it goes back to improving morale. Right. Yeah. So it might be to protect the public health by, you know, maintaining water quality or, or something to that effect. And then okay. as, as we go down the left hand side of the, the scorecard, will list various items. The first one is what are the desired results? What are the what are those KPIs that we want to see our employees uh, achieve? Now you said KPI again. I just want for those who don't know what a KPI is, uh, what is that? It's a key performance indicator. It's something that is measurable 
that you can score by. Okay, after after we hit our desired results and what are the key performance indicators, we want to list what are the skills, the traits, and the competencies that they need to have. What, what are those things that they have to know how to do in order to accomplish their job? And you might list, you know, the top three or four or five there. And then there's a column where you can rate them. So each quarter you'll get together and you'll say, okay, uh, you need to know how to do this analysis, or you need to know how to draw these samples, or you know, need to know how to, if you're in the maintenance, you know, rebuild this pump or repack a pump or, or whatever that, that job competency is, you want to review it. How are they doing? And then there's a place for you to rate your employee and then a, and a place for comments. And the way we use these job scorecards is you'll, we'll create them together. We'll sit down with our staff and we'll, you know, list the job position, the purpose of the job. We'll agree on that. We'll agree on what are the desired results. What's a good key performance indicator. These are the skills and the traits and competencies you need to have, et cetera. So we start with a blank slate and we complete this together with our staff. Then we come back three months later and we ask them to rate themselves and come prepared with their copy completed. And then you as the manager or supervisor, you're going to complete yours. And now let's compare notes. And, and really it's just, it's kind of an informal uh discussion starter and it and it's a, a basis for having that discussion. Okay, so we're clear on this. This this uh you know the one pager that uh our listeners can download um this would just cover a three month period or just for the quarter. Um Correct. So that rating, you know, it's just for the quarter and you you'd actually have four of these over the course of the year. Exactly. Yeah. So so you might have a, a rating system of uh, you know exceeds expectations or meets expectations or needs improvement. Some organizations have a, you know, let's rate you one through five or one through 10 or whatever your organization uses, whatever the rating system people are used to seeing, you you would want to use that here. And, okay. and then it's just, the idea is this is, this is going to go in, in a file in your, your desk drawer this is the basis for that annual review. And this gives you op, you know, plenty of opportunity throughout the year to help your employees improve if they need to or give them the praise that they need as they go along. So, so this isn't necessarily going to be included. Uh, it's not stapled to their annual review. Uh, it's the annual review that's going to go in their employee file or you know, the, the permanent record. This is just a coaching file. This is just your notes, their notes, and these are discussion points that you're going to have along the way. Okay, very good. Okay, okay moving on um, to the scorecard. What else we got? Uh, just two more items. One is what are their key responsibilities? And and I've already addressed this a little bit, but you know it, there might be 25 items as their you know these are the responsibilities of this job position. But what do you really expect of them? What are the five or ten or however many key responsibilities they have? You list them there, and there's a place for you to rate how they're performing in those areas. And then the last one, uh, this is actually my favorite one. Uh, it's not for others, but it's how are they demonstrating our core values? Most organizations have a, a mission statement, a vision statement, and they'll, they'll have, these are our values as an organization. 
And oftentimes those items, they, they end up in a document. They might be posted on the wall somewhere. They go on the website. But the employees of that organization oftentimes don't even know what they are, don't even know that they exist. But if one of your core values is, you know, we, is teamwork, that's a common one. Uh, let's list that there as, you know, that's one of our core values. And then the question is, do they demonstrate our core values? Do they work as a team? Are they a team player? And you want to rate them. So whatever your organization's core values are, let's list them there. Because if, if they're important enough to be called, these are our core values. This is how we behave as we pursue our mission of, you know, providing clean water or uh, uh, keeping the environment safe if we're in the wastewater or end of things. Um, what are our values? And am I, as an employee, demonstrating those, those core values? Okay. So, uh, so we're clear on this since so our listeners understand, um, you know, you took us through this job scorecard and, and it looks like we put stuff into this job scorecard that we're going to focus on and, and kind of evaluate over the next three months. And, and this basically is a communication tool uh, between the supervisor and uh, the team member or the staff uh, to let them know what, what it is that we're looking for and, uh, you know, a, a way to document how things are going. Is that a good summary of that, Jay, or do you want to add to that? Exactly. Well, I'll, I'll add a little bit. I don't know that I need to add anything, but just to, you know, we call it a scorecard and it's kind of a sports analogy. And if a supervisor will view themselves as a coach, as opposed to uh, someone there who's there to, to meet out discipline or, or, or something other than a coach, then, then that's exactly what this is. It's a coaching tool. It's a communication tool. And it's, it's just designed to you know, communicate what's expected and then use it as a basis for your, dis your regular discussions to see how we're doing against our, our key performance indicators and the targets that we've set. Well, thanks for that discussion, Jay, on the job scorecard. Um, now let's shift our attention to what I call the qualification standard, what many people call an individual job training plan, whatever you choose to call it. It's basically a guideline for training a new employee or, or even a seasoned employee, uh, you know, if it's, if you're just developing this, but why don't you talk about that tool in uh, developing the capacity to perform in this uh, area of performance management? Oh, sure. Absolutely. You know, what often happens if you have, if you're an organization that's the size that has a human resources department and you have uh, definite performance standards uh, that go along with each of your job descriptions. Uh, you may find that that this is almost written for you in, in, in that with the performance standards, it, it talks about, you know, these are the job functions, this is what you need to be able to do, and, and et cetera. With the qualification standard and with the job scorecard, it, we're just taking it one step further and we're, consult, we're, we're narrowing down the scope. We're giving our employees a clear direction and guidance so they know exactly what they need to do to get qualified, if, if that's a requirement where you are, uh, in order to operate the plant or in order to operate the distribution system or in order to perform different analyses, use different equipment in the lab, whatever those requirements are, 
we're if we have performance standards that we can work off of, great. Then all we need to do is take those standards, list them in a document, and give our employees a target date of when do you need to know how to do this? Put in a date. And then you need the the added step of now you need to demonstrate proficiency in, in how to do whatever that job task is. And, and, and there's different ways that you can go about doing that. Okay. So as far as demonstrating proficiency, um, what are the different ways that uh, we might document that proficiency? There are a few different ways that, that, somebody can uh, show proficiency. The simplest way is to just have a discussion. Some, sometimes it's the, the standard is you just have to have a knowledge about something. And that might just be getting together with the supervisor or someone else who's qualified to certify, yep, they understand this item. And you just have a, uh, an informal discussion where there'll be questions asked, the employee answers the questions. And if it's apparent that they uh, have a good understanding of that topic, then it'll get documented. It might get documented in uh, on paper. On and if they want to go to our podcast page, uh, any listeners want to download, we have a sample qualification standard signature page that they can look at, and and it's basically just a chart or a table that has the item uh, describing what it is that they're trying to master or learn place for a signature okay. and a date. Let me just, for, for example, so I'm going to, I'm going to assume our listeners will download that page. And uh, I just want to talk about uh, what this would look like. Um, and and on that page, the, the third section down, we talk about microbiology. So this is a sample, obviously, from a water quality lab qualification standard. Um, so for the sake of illustration, uh, if somebody's responsible for running the presence absence coliform test, um, what you would do, as Jay said, you would, might start with a discussion about the steps involved with the procedure, starting with sample collection, the uh, you know the sample bottles, this uh, requirement for it being sterile, the thiosulfate that's in there to remove the chlorine, and all those steps, you know, with sample collection, then. What reagent do we use? How do we add that? What's the reaction that happens that's going to indicate coliform? We just have a general discussion uh, to make sure that the, the, in this case, the lab analyst understands the, the why behind the different steps of the procedure. And then you might have, as part of the this microbiology section, you might have a test where there's some objective test questions about the procedure from sample collection to uh, the chain of custody and and then you know just all the different parts of that coliform analysis so you they'd have to get a certain score on that test and then they'd have to demonstrate proficiency by collecting the sample setting the sample up and then properly reading the sample and and once the discussion has been completed once the objective test has been completed and once the actual demonstration of competency has been completed that's when the signature and the date would go on this signature page to document that yes this person is now qualified to run this analysis so each of the signatures might require different levels of demonstration of competence but once that signature goes on there 
uh, I would then be saying this person's qualified to perform this function. And it'd be different if you're an operator, uh, whether it's distribution collections, you know, whatever it is that you want them to be qualified to do, once you sign that off, that person should be qualified uh, to perform that function unsupervised. I couldn't have said it better myself, Joe. For those that have downloaded the the sample qualification standard, uh, there'll also be what we call a qualification curve. And the curve is just basically the timeline. And it's, it's where we plot uh, time ac across the x-axis and then going up and down on the y-axis will be percent complete. So 100% complete means you've completed your qualification for this, whatever the phase is. So if it's an initial qualification. And we have an example of Jane Doe uh, Jane Doe's qualification progress, and it's just a visual way that that we as supervisors will be able to see what what progress is being made. Are they uh, progressing at the desired rate? And it's also for the employee, so they can see uh, are they on track, or do they need to pick up the pace a little bit? Where do they need some extra help? And then the thing now, is, oh, go ahead, Joe. Well, I was going to say this, when I, I talk about this, when we do the effective utility management training, um, not a bad idea to link this qualification curve to a probation period, if if that job has a probation period. Here you can see on this, this curve, that it's six months. And so there was a six-month probation period. And what this does is it gives you an objective way to see, is this person going to cut it? You know, and it, at the end of six months or whatever that probation period is, if they've qualified, if they're fully qualified, then life's good and you, and you continue on. But this will help you objectively uh, see whether somebody's going to make it and, and help you with that decision uh, to, to determine whether or not somebody actually made probation, as we call it. Yeah. Now, this is actually... It's not actually Jane Doe's progress. This this actually belonged to a, a real person. Do you want to talk a little bit about that at all, Joe? Uh, sure. Yeah. This uh, this individual uh, was. This is a qual curve for a lab analyst position, and this individual uh, was hired um, based on his work ethic and uh, his desire to learn new skills and desire to perform. And uh, he didn't really have any background in lab, but because of the qualification standard, because the, the program was laid out and he was shown, you know, where to get the information he would need to learn the job, uh, that was part of the qualification standard or the, the job-specific training program. Um, but really, in a matter of four months, he was able to become fully trained uh, to be a highly competent lab analyst in those those areas that we needed him to be competent in. And it, it didn't take him the six months that uh, he was allowed. He did it in four months. And in talking with him, he attributed it to the the fact that there was a plan. There was a system. And he knew each day. And he, he would set goals and challenge himself. But he knew exactly what he needed to do in order to get all of the knowledge and skills required to be a lab analyst one. Um, so, so this is something that in, in class I talk about and I give a lot more detail. We don't have time here, but really if you hire a good person, you know, good, someone of, of high moral character, ethical, and a strong work ethic, 
um, you can teach them to do just about anything. And, and, and this was an example of somebody with, with no formal chemistry training, no lab background, uh, who, who now has gone on to become a lab analyst too and, and has really developed in this area. And, and it really does go back to the training plan, um, the fact that you have a plan, and, and just giving somebody direction and letting them run with it. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Joe. You know, before we close out, I want to just give a plug for our My Water College Learning Management System. And when the the power that comes when you tie this qualification standard and you know the 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 qualification curve and the the, the daily goals and all of that to a learning management platform that includes the you know pre-packaged training that we provide in the various disciplines within water and wastewater treatment with your local site-specific training, uh, whether it be video training or, you know, using it for the assessments that you referenced uh, or just a place and a place to document uh, all of this, it really does give your training program it, it really gives it a boost because now all of your employees know exactly what's expected and, and they can set their own individual goals. And it gives you as a supervisor uh, an opportunity to either assign training, monitor training all through a, a central system. So I just, before well, we close out, I wanted to get that plug in. Yeah. And it, and it almost automates it. I mean, there, there is some interaction. There are some skills that you, you might still have to learn. Um, but it, it's the overall plan, and it really puts it on the employee to get the knowledge uh, that's required, and it takes the burden off of the supervisor or other staff, um, and, and it puts it on the employee to to perform. And, and I've seen time and time again people rise to the occasion once they're given this direction, and and I'd say it, it does way more than just give your training program a boost, Jay. It, it just it takes it to a, a level. That's, I mean, it, it's to another galaxy. It, it's, it's like, uh, it, it's not even, you know, night and day. I guess that's opposites, but it's like night and day. What most utilities have versus what results you get once you make this shift uh, using the uh, online platform combined with the qual standard. It's, it's just phenomenal. And uh, I, I wish more people would take advantage of that. Well, I don't know that I have anything to add to that. So on that note, why don't we go ahead and close it out for the day? So for American Water College, I am Jay. And I'm Joe. And we are the Water Brothers. We'll talk to you soon.